This week on Deadly Literacy Show, we get our hands dirty for Play in the Sand Day, celebrate the National Indigenous Music Awards, and hear from our special guest, who transformed his love of gaming into a career in IT. Plus, we'll be announcing the winner of our Wildcats writing competition, so stay tuned for that. But first of all, we're going to... Shout out! Here's a big shout out to the kids who came to our storytelling event. One story, two ways. We read and told the story of Alfie's big wish. Then children shared their own wishes with us. Let's hear a couple of them now. Our first one's going to be from Stuart. Let's have a listen. So, Stuart, what is your wish today? I wish I had a huge mansion with 500 billion nuggets of gold and a never-ending Viennetta supply. Oh, that was a good wish. I love that Viennetta cake that he wanted. Just imagine, never-ending. Now, I have a big confession to make. Um, (laughs) So... You have to actually press the button two times to record and I pressed it one time. So everybody else, I'm really sorry uh, I didn't record your wishes. But we remember them, right, Misty? Yes, we do. So keep an ear out for these wishes. I have one first up from Ava. Her wish was, I wish for all the books in the world and world peace. Oh, that's awesome. I hope that wish comes true. She's ready to become Miss Australia, Miss Ava is. Totally. Now, Cindy said, I wish for a pet. So look out, Mum. (laughs) Tavi said, I wish for cake with candles and strawberry icing. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be good fun for his next birthday. Jack just wished for all the cookies. And we have Patrick who wanted cookies milk and a book that sounds like a lovely sunday afternoon patrick sounds delightful and both isla and edie said they wanted magical powers so they could slide down rainbows and help their family and friends very beautiful little girls who just loved helping each other and their family i think that takes us up to the news extra extra read all about it Deb, I have been really excited about all the new talent we have coming out of Australia in the music industry. Growing up, I heard a lot of Australian country music singers, but now we have amazing performers from across all genres, from blues to hip-hop. The National Indigenous Music Awards last Saturday night highlighted the spectacular talent across Australia. Yolong New Hip Hop artist Danzel Baker, aka Baker Boy, won three awards, including Artist of the Year. How amazing is that? That's awesome. He also picked up both Song of the Year and Film Clip of the Year for his single Metagen, which features New Zealand rapper Jess B. Oh, it's such a great song too, isn't it, that one? I love it. Uh, also, um, the, the NEMA's New Talent Award went to neo-soul singer Maisha, and she's a Pindara... Torres Strait Islander singer from Warabinda in central Queensland. She's been singing since she was eight years old, but her debut album came out at the end of the end of May. It's called Nyaringu, which means what happened in Pindara. And some of the songs are in Pindara too. You should definitely check it out. She's super talented. And we're going to play a song from the album now. This one is called Twisting Words. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, 
We'll post a link to the song on our Facebook page, Deadly Literacy, so you can listen too. Oh, I just love that song, Mystique. How about you? I loved her voice. It's very calming. And now we're heading into our next segment. Bust out. Now, Deb, I have been searching far and wide for a joke because your joke got me so good. You're trying to get me even. (laughs) I am trying to get even. I did find another carrot joke, but um, I guess this today is play in the sand day. So I thought I'll try and get stick to the beach and playing in the sand. All right, are you ready? Uh, all right, bring it on. I don't want to build it up too much because <sighs> it'll be a bit of a anticlimax. <laughs> okay, Deb, why wouldn't the prawn share his treasure? <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing a prawn with a treasure. I, it's, I love it already. I have no idea. <laughs> because he was a little shellfish. <laughs> So he was, wasn't he? He was a little shellfish. Oh, I know. That's, that actually. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's that's a good one. Little prawn. <laughs> Sounds delicious and funny at the same time. I oh, know. You got right. me good, Missy. <laughs> so going from prawns, we're going to go into bookworm. All right. So this is bookworm, this segment where we talk about some of our favourite books. And because, as Mystique said, today, the 11th of August, is Play in the Sand Day. So we thought we'd uh, choose books on that theme. I've chosen one. This one is called A Swim in the Sea by Sue Whiting and Meredith Thomas. And it's a story about a boy who goes to the beach with his family. And poor thing, he's obviously not from Broome because he's never seen the ocean before and he's scared of the waves. So... His family help him by showing them, him that he can still have a fun time play, playing in the sand until finally he has the courage to enjoy the beautiful sea. The book won the Speech Pathology Book of the Year Award in 2014 because it just has some really great language in it to help children learn lots of interesting words. Thank you, Deb. I'll have to read that book. Now, my book for today, sticking with Play in the Sand Day, is called Me and My Dad by Ezekiel Kwamalina and Sally Morgan. It's a story about a young boy who takes us on a vibrant journey to the beach where he proudly shows us how brave his dad is. The illustrator Matt Otley has used simple bright colours like blues and yellows to make the reader feel like they are really enjoying a day at the beach. Now this father and son duo have a little puppy dog that follows them so I love dogs, I love this book. (laughs) And at the end of the story there is a little twist but I'll let our listeners find out for themselves when they read this book, Me and My Dad. Oh, I love that story too. And I think, you know, we both chose stories not only about the beach and playing in the sand, but also about um, fear and bravery. That's right. It, it is a really beautiful little book where the little boy starts to doubt himself because he feels like because he's little, that he's not brave enough, but his father does. He's a bit of a role model for him. Mm. So... Sticking with being at the beach, our next segment... Lit up your life! So in this segment of Lit Up Your Life, we're going to the beach and we are playing in the sand. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So you can do simple things like write your name in the sand, draw pictures, shapes, squiggles. All of these little activities help build the muscles in your hands that will all make them nice and strong for writing. Then we have the exciting things that you can do with sandcastles or creating whatever you like in the sand. So you can build your oral language skills by labelling what you create. You could have a turtle, mermaids. Deb, what would you build? 
Oh, I like the old mermaid. You can you tell like- a bit of a story about a mermaid. And you look like you'd be very creative with your stories that you make up. So get outside, get dirty and start creating some amazing structures in the sand. Sounds like fun. Do you know what sounds like fun, Deb? Your weekly episode of... (laughs) Nerd Out. Oh, I'm glad you find it fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, last episode, I talked about two different kinds of English. Standard Australian English and Aboriginal English. Although it is recognised as one variety of English, Aboriginal English varies all over Australia. It is influenced by the many different traditional languages of its speakers. Words from these languages are often integrated into Aboriginal English. Mystique, can you give us some examples maybe from Broome Aboriginal English? All right, so we've got Barney or Gulil or Gullibil. And, you know, even some other languages have become part of Broome Aboriginal English too, haven't they? That's right, Deb. We have Makan for food or even Lulu. And that, I think, um, means grandfather, but it also is um, the same in the Philippines too, I think. Some English words also can have different meanings in Aboriginal English and Standard Australian English. For example, deadly. (laughs) Often in Standard Australian English, this word is used when something is really dangerous. But when we're talking about deadly literacy, we aren't saying that literacy is dangerous, are we, Mystique? No, we're saying it's deadly, like excellent or really cool. And did you know that the word deadly is also used as a complement like this in Irish English, which shares quite a few similarities with Aboriginal English? Um, Maybe I'll talk about that a bit more in another episode when I can nerd out again. But for now, nerd out. (laughs) Thanks, Deb. I always look forward to that segment. But we're moving on to lexicon. Lexicon. Word. So my word for this week is solid. So in standard Australian English, it can mean firm or stable shape. That's something that is not liquid or a fluid. Or in geometry, solid is also used to describe three-dimensional or 3D shapes. So we would describe a cube or a pyramid as being solid shapes. But in Aboriginal English, solid has a different meaning. We might say, "Uh uh-huh, too solid, to tell someone just how good they are. Speaking of solid, sit back and enjoy the solid beats from Baker Boy Medigen. Okay, it must be time now for our special guest. Please welcome our special guest. Our special guest for this episode is, well, probably apart from you, Mystique, the smartest, coolest person I know. That's why I married him. (laughs) Yes, I interviewed my husband, Isaac Torres, And I think kids will really enjoy what he has to say about um, gaming and IT and literacy. I'm really interested in this, Deb, because I know, especially my son, who right now is all into the YouTube and gaming. And it's just really great to know that there is a career path that you can take. Yeah, definitely. Isaac Torres is a Jugan Jabba Jabba Gunyandi man, born and raised in Broome. He works at Kimberley Aboriginal Medical Services, or CAMS, in Information Technology and Health Informatics, and he's studying a Diploma of Digital Enterprise. Welcome to the show, Isaac. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. First of all, tell us a bit about your work. I work in the IT department and uh, assist with our health informatics team. Uh, I do technical support for all of our users across the Kimberley 
uh, in the town clinics as well as some of the community clinics like Belgo, uh, Beagle Bay and Bidjadenga. Great. And in what ways do you use literacy in your job? Well, we take a lot of uh, emails every day about problems that people have, a lot of phone calls, and you have to be uh, very confident in uh, explaining technical um, issues and ways of using um, computer systems. Yeah, fantastic. And see how communicating would be really important in that job. So now I'm going to take you back to when you were a kid growing up in Broome, like a lot of the kids listening. Uh, what kinds of things did you enjoy doing? Well, we used to go, uh, my family, we used to go fishing and camping a lot. I uh, spent a lot of time uh, down uh, near Bidjidenga and up the peninsula and freshwater country with my grandmother. Um, yeah, that, that was some of my favourite times as a kid. And then a little bit later in life, I discovered video games. And that love of video games has never really ended. But how did you get into information technology or IT? Is it just because that's your initials, Isaac Torres? No, nothing is as simple as that. I always had a love of uh, technical things. I used to pull all my toys apart. I'm sure it drove my parents mad while I was trying to figure out how they all worked. And uh, then the video games and which led to being interested in how did those work and then computers and how did computers work and I started learning how to build computers and play around with them and yeah, at one point I decided to kind of make a little bit of a career out of it. Awesome. Um, Let's talk about some of the other things that, um, some other aspects of gaming that kids might think hey, I want to get into that one day. And how was literacy involved in those things? Well, gaming is um, very complicated. Um, But sort of like TV, uh, you've got story writers, you've got um, animators, you've got 3D modelling. There's also programming, which is like learning a completely new language. Wow. Um, in terms of the story writing, we're seeing a lot more um, stories coming out in television and things like that where we're having Aboriginal perspectives represented. Maybe that um, could open up in the gaming space as well. Absolutely. I think um, we as Aboriginal people have some amazing stories that would you know, be great basis for, um, for a video game. Some of the mythologies and just our perspectives are very, very different. And now, Isaac, you're not just a gamer. You actually spend a lot of time reading too. Tell us about what is your reading diet? You know, what things do you read? Well, I read a lot of technical stuff for work, Uh, a lot of uh, ways that help me uh, improve our systems at work as well as at home. I tend to read a lot of science fiction and uh, fantasy type novels like um, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So how does literacy or having good literacy help you in your life? Well, it's certainly opened a lot of doors. I don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't have uh, strong literacy skills. Um, Certainly 
the ability to do a lot of uh, technical research and understand and comprehend those things and then apply them to my daily work has been a big help for sure. And you're studying too. So tell us about your studies and why at 40 years of age you decided to go to university and what do you want to achieve? Well, I'm studying uh, the Diploma of Digital Enterprise and that one is very IT related as well as business. I uh, figured that, you know, years of working uh, with technical roles and things like that, that maybe I should get um, some certificates under my belt and just give myself more options. Mm. Sometimes learning's really hard. Have there been times you wanted to give up and is there anything that kept you going? Uh, yeah, for sure. Learning is hard. Um, I was studying when I was uh, younger out of high school and I unfortunately never finished those studies. Um, they were in IT and uh, I kind of regret that. Uh, but, you know, definitely going back and um, have, going back to study, but having those foundations of that study and the experience of working in the IT industry all those years certainly helped me get back into it. Do you think you ever stopped learning? No, I've definitely over the years, all the experience that I've had from all my jobs has has added up and, you know, taught me different skills and, you know, they all have their own requirements. So, you know, you learn a lot of new stuff. When they say that kids, you know, that every kid just needs the right book to get them hooked on reading. Was there a book for you? It was The Hobbit and then um, The Lord of the Rings. Why did these books appeal to you? My dad read The Hobbit to myself and my brother when we were very young. I think I was about six and he was about four. And I don't know, there's just something about that big adventure that just stuck with me and I wanted to keep reading it. Okay. Now, this is the Deadly Literacy Show, so why do you think literacy is deadly? Um, well, literacy is deadly because of all the things that it can help you do in your life. Um, I don't think I'd be where I am today with the opportunities that I have if I wasn't able to read and write you know, at a very high level that allows me to uh, communicate and read and comprehend those technical manuals and do my university study, which I basically took another year to learn how to study again. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Isaac, for a great and inspiring chat. And I'm sure the kids listening will be really inspired at home. You're welcome. So what did you think of, uh, of my little chat with Isaac? I thought that was really sweet, Deb. I don't know how you didn't crack up laughing the whole way through it. I'm sure you did some editing of that, though. Yeah. Um, Isaac, I just really liked the way you said your, you talked about your favourite books and, and the fact that your dad read those stories to you. It's just amazing that you were so young, but you still remembered your dad at that age reading you stories. So it's just really important. No matter, You can read a story or you can just tell stories to your children and... 
Isaac still has that memory with him so many years down the track. He does, and he's actually, he treasures that book and he's bought a copy to read to his nephew too. So. Oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. So just the power of storytelling and the power of reading books to your children. That's right. It's magic, right? It is. So, Deb, I'm really excited. You've got the next segment. Yes, the final part of our show today is, as promised, we're going to announce the winner of our Wildcats competition. Yay! (laughs) So uh, this is a really special entry. It's from uh, Montagna from Ngalangampam School in Warman. And well done, Montagna! Montagna has written us a beautiful story about a tiger and I'm will read it out to you she's written the tiger came to tea at Sophie's house the tiger ate all the food and she wrote she uh, wrote that because they had read the story uh, the tiger came to tea um, in class and she's as you can see mystique she's left spaces between all her words she's you know, written two sentences, and she sounded out all the words so beautifully. Deb, how old is Montagna? Oh, she is only in pre-primary, so she's, you know, like five years old. That's amazing. She's got two sentences and with all her sp- finger spaces. Full stops, capital letters. She's yes. even spelling. She's having a go at spelling with all the correct sounds. That's right, and especially with the sounds, um, you know, Montagna also in Warman, um people's first language there is Creole so you know she's learned not only to read and write but to read and write in another language so she's pretty amazing. She sounds very clever and I'm just such a deserving winner of the competition. Yeah so she's worked really hard this year we really um, think she's so well deserving of this prize can't wait to bring it out to her and a big congratulations both to her and her teacher also and all the teachers there so Jen and Gege and Maria and Sonia, who all have worked really hard to um, boost Montana's awesome learning. It sounds like they're doing amazing stuff for the children out there. I can't wait to see some photos of you giving the book to Montana on our Facebook page, The Deadly Literacy Show. Yes, I think she's going to be very excited. And hopefully we can get permission to share her writing on the page as well because it's really beautiful. We'd love to share it with you. She's also done a very cute picture of, <laughs> of the tiger. I thought it was a lion at first, but it is a tiger. and It it has stripes there, quite clearly. Yeah, he looks a bit sad that he ate the food, all the food though. I think he's feeling very remorseful about his actions. (laughs) And uh, he's even got very detailed claws there and I love his tail too. We just, you have to check it out. So check it out on our Deadly Literacy show page on Facebook. At Deadly Literacy. Thank you. (laughs) And Mystique, I think you had a special request for people to send in something to our page as well didn't you oh yes I do have a special request because Dev and I we we do enjoy the old dad joke here and there but we feel like we're getting we, we a bit love s- them oh uh, yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I do love the odd dad joke <laughs> but we're getting a bit stale we don't want to be little crusty breads here so if you have any jokes that you'd like to send in please send us a message on the deadly literacy Facebook page So that concludes our show for today, The Deadly Literacy Show. 